On this episode of the Sticks and Ice Golf Podcast, we continue the conversation with my dad to talk about the time we saw Tiger Woods in person along with his dad, Earl Woods, at a golf clinic at Forest Hills Golf Club. Let's get it. everybody and welcome to the sticks and nines golf podcast i'm your host anthony aka aj swings and today we continue the conversation with my dad discussing the time we saw tiger woods do a golf clinic at our home golf course at forest hills golf club in augusta georgia if you find value in this episode and in this podcast and please follow us Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're loving podcasts. Be sure to share this episode with your fellow golfing buddies and follow us on Instagram. Again, as we said at the outset, we continue the conversation with my dad. We'll talk about his thoughts on seeing Tiger Woods in person, how Tiger Woods golf ball sounds in person, and a few other professional golfers he's played with, and as well as other professional events. So, we hope you love this episode. Let's get right into it. All right, Dad, we're back again. And now we get to talk about something that's also dear to our hearts in addition to the Masters. And that's the time when Tiger Woods, as an amateur, I think we were saying it was in 96, April of 96, came with his dad, Earl, and did a clinic at Forest Hills Golf Club, the club where we played at and members at. So just want to talk about that a little bit. I can't remember how old I was. I guess I would have been, ten. yeah, I would have been 10 if it was in 96. But tell me about that a little bit from your memory. How was it seeing Tiger Woods in person and hitting golf balls in person and, and me seeing his dad and their interaction? Seeing Tiger Woods on TV and then seeing it in person, it was impressive because you could sort of hear the velocity of his uh, shots on TV, but when you got in person, uh, he made some, his ball made some loud sounds. <laughs> his, his sound was much precise with power than any other pros I had heard at, at, at the Gusta Nationals. We, we had went to the Gusta Nationals uh, once before. And um, yeah, he hit the ball extremely, extremely well, just like he was already a professional golfer. Uh, he reminds me of a gentleman that uh, grew up with me named uh, Douglas Grill. Doug mm-hmm. was a couple years behind me, and he would come down and play Forest Hills uh, for South Carolina State against Augusta College team. And a couple of the guys there played in different tunes with Doug, and they said they had never heard anybody hit a golf ball the way Doug hit it. You could hear his shots all over the golf course. Hmm. And um, when... We heard Tiger Woods. I can imagine it sounds just as um, powerful as Doug. But now, years ago, I carried in a group that had Sam Snead. Uh, I carried for an amateur golfer. He came to our country club up in Karma where I carried And his balls sound distinctly different uh, than any of the amateurs that was in our group. And the amateur I played for, he, he won the city tournament in Charlotte over – nine times throughout his career, and he was an extremely good golfer. But Sam Sneedball sounds so much different. So when I heard Tiger Woods, 
his ball sound even more different than Sam Snead. And I, mm. I knew then that he was going to be a great golfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, so I guess I was 10, and the way the driving range is, which is, is, is basically exactly the same now as it was back then, the range at Forest Hills. But the back of it, the very back of it, is probably it's probably maybe 60. Would you say it's about 60 yards from the back of the driving range to number eight? Um, I, I would say it's just a little further. I would give it maybe 80, uh, maybe between yeah. 60 and 80. Because yeah. if you go too far left on eight, you, you run into range. Well, back then you didn't. So <laughs> that I remember on picking up his ball, seeing his balls on hole number eight. He hit them so far on the driving range that he went through the range because there's no net, just trees. And his his golf balls were found on hole number eight. So just amazing. And then do you remember, tell us about some of the kind of the trick shots or the type of shots that he did with his dad, Earl, and, and the different distances and, and how he could shape the ball. Well, I start off with the short club, which was, was probably his uh, lob wedge or sand wedge. And his dad wanted him to hit the ball over his head, but his dad was about maybe five or six yards in front of him. And uh, a sand wedge gets up pretty high, but I wouldn't trust anybody. Uh, trying to get the ball <laughs> one over my head, five or six yards. Yep. And his balls just went straight up in the air and came down uh, at least 80 yards. And so that was a lot of height and good distance for a lob wedge. But what was amazing was um, his dad wanted him to hit a five iron to our 150-yard sign. And so that may not seem – you would think, well, five yard, five man, he's gonna hit it more than 150 yards. But his um skill level of controlling the golf ball, his dad said, I want you to hit it 151 yards, Tiger. That means he's gonna go one yard past the 150 yard sign. And his caddy named uh Tommy Bennett went and stood down there behind the one hundred and fifty yard mark, and his dad said, "Well, just 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 get two yards, uh, Tommy. Tommy Davis, I guarantee you the balls won't hit you." And so when he did that right-handed, it went straight out, got to the one fifty, and his dad wanted him to curve it to the left. I said, "Man, that's impressive." But if someone was to practice that shot, especially a right-handed golfer, he may not hit him the ten like Tiger did, but he can make the ball go left. Mm-hmm. But what impressed me was when he told him to make it go to the right. <laughs> I think I told one of the guys, Robert Sam, you know Robert. He was oh, yeah, yeah. And I told Robert, I said, I don't think the back will ever be able to beat him. He said, nah, man, he swings too hard. He's going he gonna to blow his back out. And so I used the analogy of a boxer. And we all knew Muhammad Ali, to, per se, was stick jabs. But – if you looked at Muhammad Ali, his jabs came so hard that it would sting a man and knock him off balance so quick he could hit him with a right. Well, most people that are good at something, they got they have power. They have mm-hmm. power they can use. But then Tiger Woods finesse. When you got power and finesse combined together, it's almost impossible to uh, beat a person like that because if he got in the woods and if he can control the ball to a five iron normally goes for a professional at least two hundred and 
15, 20 yards, mm-hmm. at least that much. And then he's making it go 150 yards and he's doing exactly what his father wanted him to do, make it hook to the left and then cut to the right. That's club face control at the highest level. Now, I've been in woods and I can I could envision to get out of them. But uh that's just like most of the professionals like Tiger, they have this they have this feeling and they can hit balls and curve them through little small holes between branches and limbs. And that's where that's where that come from, from developing that finesse on the driving range, uh maybe when he was growing up. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember I remember that as well, his dad going out and him cutting it around him or hooking it around. It was it was amazing. It was amazing. It was pretty awesome too. And he signed a bunch of autographs as well. But what happened? We we signed my golf bag, and I think it's still in the garage. But I don't know if the signature is on there anymore. Still, I think it's well, I think it's faded off of there quickly. No, what, well, what what it, what it is is that Tiger Woods was going to be so great. If he had a bunch of signatures out there on equipment, you could have probably taken that equipment and sold it to someone for, you know, a profit. I I, I honestly think he used invisible ink. And over a period of time, it just vaporized and was gone. Because I told somebody, yeah, I got Tiger Woods uh, autograph out there on my son's golf bag. And I had the, I had the golf bag hanging up in the cloud and out in the garage. And I went and got it. I said, well, where, where, where is this autograph? So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like you say, we had an autograph, but it's gone. <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, amazing. And I always remember us being at the house with the masters watching it and, and, of course, being there in 97 when he won and made history. And I think I remember something we didn't talk about, but I wanted to ask. I remember, so I thought it was one year when you were, it may have been 2000. I can't remember if it was 2008 or, yeah, I can't remember what year it was, but you were working out there and Tiger, it was on Sunday and he was, he was making a charge. I think it was the 2008 year. And he came back and he was like, I got to go home and finish watching this. You remember what year that was? No, that, that was when we were, uh, James, yourself and me, we went out, we went to the masters and Tiger was, you know, it was so many people. I couldn't see a thing. I, I think I got to see Tiger. We, we walked with him for about six, Six or seven holes, and I think I saw him hit the golf ball two times, because the 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 crowds were probably when you got to a a spot where he would be getting ready to hit off the tee or out in the fairway, the crowds were already about fifteen to twenty people deep. So mm-hmm. you would have to walk up two or three holes to be five people deep to see him hit the golf ball. He, yeah, he was coming back, but I, I don't think he won that particular year. No. No, I didn't. I think I remember that was a year he maybe eagle eight mm-hmm. and then got the lead. And I think on it must have been 13, either 13 or 15, he flew the green and ended up making a par or something. And yeah, but that was that was one that slipped. He, a lot of green jackets have really slipped through his hands when you think about it. When yeah. you like, look at the final rounds, I think about, I think it was. Let's see, Phil, it was like Tiger, Tiger won, Phil won in 04, then Tiger in 05, then Phil won in 06. Maybe like the 07, 08, Zach Johnson got one when it was really, really cold that year. It was, it was extreme, like the coldest that had ever been. And I think Zach Johnson was maybe plus one or plus two. 
and not to we're not taking anything away from the guys that won, but everybody would feel, man, I, I had a shot at that, and I know Tiger would feel the same way with some of those couple green jackets that we could look back and say, man, they, they slipped his hands for sure. And then, of course, the win that he had in uh, was that twenty nineteen when he came back. Twenty nineteen, yeah, that was uh, that was amazing golf he played. Uh, it was, it was, yeah. So did you, you, I remember because the, they started early because of the weather, bad weather was coming in. So they started really, really early. I think it was Molinari. They did threesomes too. They did Molinari. Mm-hmm. It was him, Molinari and Finau, I think. Mm-hmm. It was the final group. And like Brooks Kepka was maybe the group before him. But I remember we had, you know, we have commitments on Sunday mornings. And so I remember getting from that commitment flying home, <laughs> getting home from the commitment and turning it on. And I think Molinari had just knocked it in the water on 12. I get it just so all I'm hearing is all this commotion. And then I hear the announcer say, he's knocked it in the water. Then Tiger gets up. And I'm like, oh, man, he could, he could get the leap. He can get on the green and two put. And he did. And um, and then from there, then hit the incredible shot on 16. Uh, and then, you know, 18 kind of just just literally just swung at the ball and got it out there and, and was able to have a couple shots to spare to so that they, there was no playoff with him and Kepka, but I just remember the feeling. I think we talked on the phone. It was that was amazing after all that he went through physically. Yeah, yeah physically because I didn't think uh, Tiger would. Uh, there's so many hills there, and he he messed his legs up and his back, and uh, he was an incredible athlete as well. So that's probably what helped him. Sometimes when you're in excellent shape, you you sort of get a good weekend where you're feeling good. And that was the weekend that, uh, because he was hitting the golf ball amazing. I think um, the year before he, he should have won, I think that was that the PGA or the U.S. Open, one of those tournaments. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He had, so Kepka was tearing up everybody. Yeah, Molinari tracked him now. It was Molinari. Mm-hmm. He beat him at the, the Open Championship. And he, right, right. He, I can't remember, and others will probably know all the details, but I know, I know, I know Tiger had a lead at one point and Molinari just walked him down. I mean, he, he held him off. And then I think the, cause this was before the PJ went to where it is now in the spring. And so it was the last major. And then at the PGA, Kepka, Kepka won, but Tiger shot, he came in second. I think the solo second he had like a great final round, but Kepka was, Kepka was still ahead by quite a bit. And that sort of, he stayed healthy. And then that propelled him to, I think keeping some good feels to next April when he won. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah, he did have a nice, a good lead up. And then yeah. I think he went and won the uh, uh, tour championship down in Atlanta too. Uh, I think yeah, that's that's Michael. what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, he won the. Yeah. That was his first victory, I think. Yeah, the tour championship. You're exactly right. At the end of the FedEx. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. He played good at the PGA. Yeah, him and Roy. Yep. Yeah, him and Roy McIlroy played uh, in the same group. And the fans, they normally don't let them through the ropes, but it was just so many. that They just uh, let the barriers down, and Tiger and Roy got in the mixing with the crowds, and Roy told Tiger to go first. And when he come out, everybody would see him. So good sportsmanship. That's one thing about golf is good sportsmanship. Um, I know the guys that I play, uh, just one guy particularly, uh, we go back and forth, and uh, when he wins, uh, I tell him good round, um, and back and forth. So, mm-hmm. golf is a 
It's a game where you can uh, develop good friendships and have good sportsmanship and uh, put the clubs in the trunk and keep on going and play another day. Yep, that's it. That's what's nice about the game. So kind of wrapping up this part, um, I know you've been to other, obviously the Masters is the biggest events we've been to, but you've been to other events. I think you went to an event back in, in hometown in Charlotte before. Tell us about that event. Yeah, I went to the, uh, it was the, the PGA. Uh, they played it there. And um, uh, Nakas- Nakasaka, the uh, Japanese guy, he was uh, leading for, I think, from the second round all the way to the third round and all the way to the backside on hole number 12, I believe it was. And uh, he's known uh, in circles with his friends, uh, Justin Thomas, as Little Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were following Little Man, and, man, he really played some great golf. He he won that uh, PGA Championship. I think that sort of elevated him up the list of uh, great golfers. Mm-hmm. It was just so much noise that I think it sort of rattled um, the, um, the, the, the the Japanese golfer. I think he got a little agitated or anxious, and he just missed a couple of chips on a couple of holes, and Justin Thomas just went right past him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get to the uh, TPC because, uh, you know, I'm a veteran, and they that veterans in. No, no admission. You have to pay no no charge. Mm. So me and this other guy, we may go down there. Um, uh, a guy named Michael Bumbika, we may go down. Um, coming up, I think the uh, I think that's in March. Yeah, I think uh, it is March. Yeah, I think it is March. Yeah. Dad and um, I've 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 been to the Kemper Open. I used to, I worked there when I was uh, sixteen. And um, I watched uh, this black golfer named Jim Dent. And, mm-hmm. Well, he, he came to the hole that I was like a um, guy that finds the ball when it goes off the fairway. Mm-hmm. And um, this particular hole, quite a few of the guys were going off the fairway. And so we had a rotation. One guy would come down and one guy would come up to the back of the tee. And I think now I was at the back of the tee and I saw Jim Dent hit the ball. This was at Quirrell Holler. The holes are different now because they remodeled the golf course. But he hit over the trees, man. I'd never seen anybody in the golf ball that far. <laughs> you know, he had some power, too, when he, he was did. young. Yeah. And, and um, I went to that tournament there. Um, I'm more of a TV watch of golf on mm-hmm. TV. I, I, I get mm-hmm. to see more, especially, especially at the Masters. It's just extraordinary as far as people are concerned. Now, yeah. I also work, worked at the Masters, and um, when I got finished, well, I used to take the um, media people down to the media um, cabin so they can set up. And when I when I finished working, I would I could go out and watch the uh, tournament, you know, just since I worked there free. Mm. Um, that, was, that, that was pretty good, but it was just, like I say, it's good to be there, but I think I, I get more enjoyment out of watching TV because I see uh, a number of golfers and how yeah. they play. And Yeah, definitely. We've talked a lot about in another episode we have on the Masters, encouraging anyone that loves golf to go. And they, to go to events, if you have events near you, to go because there's nothing like seeing them in person and 
and even not just limiting it to uh, PJ PJ Tour or any other Tour Live Tour, um, whatever you how you feel about that. But seeing the the ladies play as well, which guys can learn, amateurs especially can learn a lot from watching the professional women play on the LPJ Tour because of the tempo of their swing and and that's that's actually a little easier for amateurs to emulate and even seeing the seniors uh, play as well is, is such a nice thing to be in that environment that reminded me when you were talking about Jim Dent you remember that time he because he would come to Forest Hills and I remember I can't remember how old I was but he came and I thought maybe me and my friend Eric Stallings that we played a couple holes with him I cannot remember I, I feel like that happened does that ring a bell to you you remember that? He, he he was probably senior golfer then. He was after uh, I, senior I, then, yeah. Yeah, I played with him several times, and um, he he was amazing with a with a golf club in his hand. Uh, honestly, um, I would think that he would um, maybe not want as many golf tournaments as Tiger Woods won, but I think he would have been up there if, if he put it a little better. Mm. And he and when he got on the senior tour, and they got to the cameras around, it sort of agitated. And I guess he didn't like the camera people around him, mm-hmm. but uh, he could make the God ball go about any way he wanted to go too. He used to work over at the Augusta National. I think he moved up to New Jersey. That's when he really learned how to play God. But he, I think here in, in, in Augusta, they named uh, the road, uh, the Augusta oh, yeah. golf course. They, mm-hmm. they, they named the road after Jim Dent Boulevard. So uh, he was pretty good golfer. And, um, but, I, but, but I've met several and played with several black golfers who was extremely good, but the majority of them not on Tiger Woods level because he just had a little something different. Uh, I put him on the same level with, um, Michael Jordan and LeBron James when it comes to athleticism, mm-hmm. mental part, t- Tiger's mental, uh, for a time was probably the best. I just think when, he had the situations happen with his family life. I think that sort of took his his mental part away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as long as he had that mental part, um, he was outstanding. And then um, there's a doctor that did some surgery on you when you was a little boy named oh, Doctor yeah. Howard. Mm-hmm. His son, yeah. his, his son is uh, was Charles Howard. Yeah, and um, Charles was a great golfer. He's another guy that hit the golf ball extremely good. And when I saw him as a junior, and Tiger was maybe about a couple years older than him, I, I thought he, he would be Tiger's competition, but he never rose to that level. And I was talking to his dad, and he said, well, Anthony, uh, this is what made Tiger Woods so great. A lot of those guys can hit the ball. They may not hit as far as Tiger, but none of them could chip and putt like Tiger Woods. So if you want to be a golfer who can really save a round of golf, um, chipping and putting is probably the um, best way that you can stay around pop because you can scramble. And so mm-hmm. I don't think there'll be another Tiger Woods. There'll be some good golfers, but all the professors, they chip pretty good, but they don't, they don't, not, I've, I hadn't seen any of them chip like Tiger Woods other than the guy that I played with named Alan Doyle. Mm. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clutch. And then it, to do it in the clutch too, that was, a difference as well. Trent Tiger, just mm-hmm. super, extremely clutch. Most, the, the most clutch chipper and putter you could say there was. So, 
special, special. Yeah, I forgot about that with Charlie. So that reminded me of, man, two things. One, I remember it was before we moved, I got a chance to volunteer at the PGA when it was at the Atlanta Atlanta Athletic Club. And that was the year Keegan Bradley ended up winning. I can't remember. That was maybe 10 or 11. And I... I volunteered and then I saw Tiger on a couple of holes and he happened to he happened to block a drive. I had walked down the hole. I can't remember what hole it was, but he blocked his drive and he came right over where I was at. So I, I got to see him up close and personal. And he was in the woods, had a bear lie and took a five wood. And he probably had every bit of 230 and just hit it out the woods and cut it around the trees and knocked it on the green. It was just, it was just extraordinary. And just to see the focus, it was like we weren't even there when he was there. And then that reminded me that Charles Howell played in that event. And I got to see his dad. His dad was following him on the fairway. And so I got a chance to see him in an atheris round, got a chance to to speak to to Charles and just say hey to him. And doing the round when he was walking on the fairway, I said, Charlie Howe, Forest Hills, Atlanta, uh, Forest Hills, Augusta, Georgia. He looked at it and kind of gave a little grin. And then afterwards, he said, I remember those days. I remember your dad. I remember because he would play there on Mondays. Because Augusta, uh, he, he, he was a member at Augusta Country Club and that was closed on Mondays. And that he would, which is adjacent to Augusta National. Um, it's the whole, I think they run up on 12. Is it 12 or is it 12 they run adjacent 12 to? The part, yeah, the part three. And you may be able to see some of it. On uh, 13, mm-hmm. but yeah, on the part three, right in the back, um, they've they, they, they bought um, land from Augusta Country Club. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but they, they may be clearing it out where you can see Augusta Country Club uh, clearly now on TV. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. So we're, we've had a nice privilege of being around good golfers, but it, either way is it's good to enjoy the game, whether you've had those opportunities to be around professional golfers. If they're near you, get a chance to go to events. That'll be nice. But either way, just admiring, seeing the best in the world, do it and, and to see what can happen if you do something every single day with, with talent and, and dedication and practice. So thanks for this little section that maybe we'll take a break and then we'll come back and wrap up. Okay. Hey, really thank everybody for listening to this episode and taking a couple minutes of your day to spend it here at the Sticks and Nines Golf Podcast. If you found value in this episode, then please follow us, leave a five-star rating and review, and share this episode with your fellow golfing buddies. Don't forget to catch us on Instagram at Sticks and Nines. You can catch it in the show notes and make sure you download our two pro tips to help you get better and improve your game today. We appreciate you stopping by. Until next time, we'll holler at you later. Life is better with sticks and knives.